Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Steve Malsberg on today's news talk radio, TNT. Uh, welcome aboard. Steve Malsberg here. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on uh, Tuesday night here on the east coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malsberg show on TNT. Welcome aboard. We have the Michigan uh, primary results coming in. The polls closed about an hour ago. And um, with 11.6% of the votes counted, that's the latest I could find right now. Uh, we have uh, Donald Trump with 64% of the votes and Nikki Haley with 31. I could hear her now. 30, we got 31%. Um, <laughs> and on the Democrat side, where um, Biden is basically running unopposed, uh, he has 70, again, with uh, the same amount of votes in, 11.6%. He has 78.5%. A little over 16% of the vote is uncommitted. Now, you may recall I told you about this, that uh, there's a push by people like Rashida Tlaib and um, others who are unhappy with uh, Biden's policies towards uh, the Middle East. And Michigan has a large Arab American community, pro-Palestinian community, and they're urging people to vote you know, un un uncommitted. And um, so far, like I said, with a little over 11% of the vote in, about 16% of the vote is uncommitted. Enough to make a difference if this carries over to a general election and, you know, and 16 percent of people who would have voted for, for um, Biden decide not to, even if they don't vote for Trump, could swing Michigan. Of course, it's a it's a swing state. So there you go. So that's where we are right now. We get any updates. We will certainly let you know. Speaking of Joe Biden, Joe Biden did an interview um, yesterday on late night TV with um <laughs> with mr myers and it it on nbc and I, I i don't even have any bites from it seth myers of course i don't even have any bites from it because to me i i can't i can't stomach it it was so rehearsed and so laid out and so planned and uh you know i'm shocked that he remembered what to do he put his sunglasses on yeah just you know childish ridiculous stuff but either before or after, Seth Meyers accompanied Joe Biden to do what Joe Biden does best, eat ice cream. And while he was eating ice cream yesterday, Biden was asked about the prospects for a ceasefire, uh, the negotiations to have hostages released in, turn for a, in return for a ceasefire of sorts, depending on the length, and blah, blah, blah. And just, just look at this. This is so telling. And listen to it. Because basically what he believes is going to happen from what I'm hearing and seeing ain't no way it's going to happen. Here is cut uh, 290, uh, well, it's the first one, 295. We are back with our world lead in just moments ago. President Biden was telling reporters that he hopes to have a ceasefire and hostage deal in place for the Israeli-Hamas war by the end of the weekend. Take a listen. Can you give us a sense of when you think that ceasefire will start, sir? Well, I hope by the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. 
at least my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday we'll have a ceasefire. His hope is that by next Monday there'll be a ceasefire. CNN's MJ Lee is at the White House for us. And CNN's chief national security correspondent Alex Marquardt's also here. MJ, that's a big announcement from the president uh, to be given in an ice cream shop. In other words, what Tapper is trying to say but wouldn't dare say it is how unpresidential, how pathetically old, how, how pathetically, you know, just inappropriate. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a ceasefire by the end of the week. I mean, the end of the weekend. I mean, the beginning of next week. I mean, what the heck? But I, I ask that question every day. So why ask it again? But anyway, from what I hear, um, I watch a lot of I-24 News. And from what I read at Jerusalem Post, I-24 News Online, all these things. Um, you know, Hamas has still has demands for you know, this, this ceasefire, and Biden envisions this, Netanyahu does not, thank God, uh, Biden envisions that the ceasefire will just lead to more ceasefire and more ceasefire and more ceasefire and a Palestinian state. <laughs> In other words, let Hamas off the hook and reward them and with the Palestinian state for what they did on October 7th, which Benjamin Netanyahu and the Israeli government and war cabinet is not going to allow to happen. So I think they're still very, very far off. And we'll see, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But, um, you know, it, Israel's not going to pack up and leave. Hamas wants them to leave. It, it, it's, it's, it's insane. And again, maybe one day this ice cream cone licking fool would abs- actually have the, uh, the, the guts to say, we could settle this today. Hamas. Wave the white flag, surrender, and release the hostages. But of course, since they don't care about the people in Gaza, and they've said so, their leadership has said so from way back after October 7th, um, that isn't going to happen. So let me, you know, so, so Joe Biden and the United States, they're delusional, really delusional. And Netanyahu says things that should be heard. And he was on uh, uh, Face the Nation on CBS. And Margaret Brennan on Sunday, you know, tried to slip things in there and, and, and move on to the next topic without letting Netanyahu respond, blah, 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 blah. So let, let, let's hear it. We, we really, in months, haven't, you know, brought you any uh, sound from, or, uh, from Netanyahu, who's been on the, um, the American uh, uh, networks. And, um, and, and, and nor have we really talked about the, the Biden vision for a Palestinian state, which is just, it's, it, it's going to go nowhere. It's the people of Israel don't want it. The government of Israel don't, doesn't want it. And it's just not going to happen. So anyway, so let's go to um, cut 283. You said that victory is within reach. But U.S. intel says the IDF has only destroyed 30 percent of Hamas leadership and that the amount of, of tunnels that Hamas uses uh, have really only been tiny in terms of what has been destroyed by the IDF. There is growing distrust well, of you personally, sir. You know this in the U.S. Congress and within the Biden White House. When your closest ally is telling you things like this and telling you that you need to reconsider a strategy, isn't it worth considering? Look, I, I think that the U.S. Is, uh, agrees with us on the goal of destroying Hamas. Yes. And on the goal of uh, releasing the hostages. 
the decisions of how to do that are left with us and with me and the elected cabinet of Israel. Uh, and we're doing that. A lot of things that, the, that we were told by uh, the best of friends initially turned out not to be true. Okay, what what are some of those? Uh, and but don't you love it? Oh, you're, there's growing distrust of you in Congress. Don't you think you should now change your war strategy because of that? Yeah, because Rashida Tlaib and her friends don't like me. I think we'll change our war strategy. I mean, these questions are sick. Let's go to uh, to cut number two eighty four. They said you can't enter the the ground war without having. Uh, enormous complications. They said you cannot fight, uh, you can't enter Gaza City, uh, you can't go into the tunnels, it'll be a, a terrible bloodbath. All of that turned out to be not true. Our soldiers are in the tunnel network. We don't have to take apart hundreds of kilometers of tunnels. We are taking apart the missile production factories that are underground, the command and control headquarters, the computers that are there, the money that is there, the weapons that are there, and the ammo that, that is there. We're doing that methodically. So we're, we're uh, doing the war. You can't substitute for the uh, Israeli military command. And we're doing it very responsibly. Uh, uh, the John Spencer, who's the head of urban warfare yeah. at West Point, says that no other army has gone to the lengths that Israel's army has gone to clear civilians out of harm's way, even though Hamas is sure. doing everything to keep them in harm's way. Oh, sure, we but the former head of Central Command was on this program just a few weeks ago and said, basically, you have not articulated any specific end game here. So, but putting that aside, I want to come back to a few different things oh, well, you said. Wait a said. minute, Margaret, Margaret, hold on. You, you lob these, uh, uh, these grenades at me and you keep on moving. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the head of blah, 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 was on with me last week and said, you have no plan for it. But put that aside for a minute. Let's move on to my next topic. I mean, yeah, what, really? You don't want him to address that? Of course you don't want him to address it. You don't want his opinion. You don't want his explanation. You want to stick with what sounded good to you last week or two weeks ago. This is the media. This is the media in action, ladies and gentlemen. And good for Netanyahu for speaking up. And here is uh, cut number 280. Five. Well, first of all, you say uh, there's no uh, confidence in me. Well, the Israeli public has confidence in me. Last week, there were massive uh, the protests throughout Israel yesterday. Of course, we have protests. We, we have protests. Israel is a democracy. We've had protests for 30 years. But the Israeli people are united as never before. Last week, they voted 99 to 9 in the Knesset for my proposal that mm -hmm. says that the way that we have to do two things. We have to win the war, have total victory, but also not have an international dictate of a Palestinian state on it shoved down our throats that would endanger uh, Israel. The people are overwhelmingly united on this. When is the last time we had 99 votes in the Knesset? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, 30 years ago. So yeah. uh, the people are united. The policy is right. The people support it. Uh, and I intend to uh, take it to completion because that's what we have. We can't compromise with total victory because I'll tell you, we can't win the peace if we don't win the war, and we yeah. will win this war. How many times does she say, yeah, 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 yeah? <laughs> and by the way, there are reports out there today uh, that Iran is planning uh, during Ramadan uh, another October 7th, of course, through their proxies and with the cooperation of their proxies. So... Um, We'll have to wait. And, and where they're planning it is um, in the West Bank, 
in uh, around Jerusalem when Israel lets in, uh, the, you know, the, uh, there'll be a massive Muslim uh, population coming uh, into that uh, into the capital of Israel to to pray uh, in the mosque, and it's it, it it's a very dangerous time. It could be if these reports are true. But let's let's move on again. Um, you know, again, not not one not one word from this this journalist about. You know, are you shocked that Hamas could end this all, uh, or that the international? How about this? Are you shocked that the international community, including the United States, hasn't repeatedly called for Hamas to surrender and release all the hostages? That would be a great question, wouldn't it? Shh, we can't have the bad guy surrender. No, no, no. That that's not how it works. Now, listen to these next two, because these are this, this. This is some of what I've been saying for forever. Here is uh, here's more of a, from Bibi Netanyahu. It's cut two eighty six. But this war has been forced upon us uh, by a cynical enemy that not only targets our civilians, has raped, beheaded, uh, burnt babies alive, killed children in front of, of their parents and parents in front of their children. Uh, this uh, enemy not only uh, targets civilians, but hides behind uh, civilians, Palestinian civilians. Mm -hmm. So they're committing a double war crime. Uh, I have to come back and say that in terms of the, the way this battle is fought, there is no parallel to the difficulty that we face. And John Spencer, the head of urban warfare at West Point, says that no other army has faced such a task. He, he gives one comparison. Yeah, that's not the he question gives I asked, a comparison. though. Well, it is, but it, that's the answer. <laughs> she didn't like the answer. She would, That's not the question I asked. She, she's just, she, she won't stop. She won't stop. He's the bad guy. If, if a Hamas representative was on, she would treat him with more respect than she treats Benjamin Netanyahu. But here's the, here's the good, here's the, uh, the one I believe that I, uh, it's kind of justified that it's at the end, save the best for last. Here's 287. You can't say... Oh, you, you uh, give immunity to the terrorists because they're hiding among civilians and uh, forcing civilians not to leave. So what do you do? You say, OK, we'll give you immunity. Hamas uh, 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 survives. We'll live to fight another, to commit mm -hmm. another massacre and another massacre. What would America do? Yeah. What would America do, Margaret, if okay. you face the equivalent of 29 11s, 50,000 yes. Americans slaughtered in one day, 10,000 Americans, including mothers and children, held mm -hmm. hostage. Would you not be doing what Israel is doing? You'd be doing a hell of a lot more. And all Americans that I talk to, nearly all say that. So Israel mm -hmm. has gone to extraordinary lengths, calling up people, civilians, yeah. Palestinians in Gaza, telling them, Mr. leave your home, uh, sending pamphlets. Uh, we have done that effort. Hamas tries to keep them at yes. gunpoint. We'll clear them out of harm's way, we'll complete the job and achieve total victory, which is necessary to give a secure yes. future for Israel, a better future for Gaza, a better future for the Middle East, and a setback for the Iran terror axis. That's in all our interests. It's in America's interest. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck is that? She doesn't do that all the time. I watch her on Sundays. Wow. Okay. And that this is the fundamental question that I ask anyone out there. Is the, it, I mean, he's, he's 100% right, but let's, let's ask the question before I say he's right. So what do you do? Do we now say that if a terror group 
who commits atrocities, who's, who's out there launching constant rockets into your cities, your country, okay? You're the United States. I don't know, whoever you are. Uh, the rockets are coming from Canada. The rockets are coming from Mexico in the case of the U.S., but you're another country somewhere, country X. And rockets are launched. And then a, a slaughter of, of unbelievable proportions and unbelievable Nazi-like um, uh, cruelty and inhumanity. You're supposed to say, well, we'd love to retaliate and go get these people, but look, they're in, they, they put their headquarters in schools, in hospitals, the rocket launchers are on the tops of buildings where kids are, uh, they're, they're, they, they don't wear uniforms, they're, they're all around the population, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we're gonna leave them alone. Is that, is, that, is that it? Is that what countries would do? Is that what the US would do? Is that the new way to, to, to not fight a war? Is that the new world order? Use human shields, use civilians as human shields, and eh, and you can't do it, and that's it. They win. Is that, is that where we are? Because if that's where we are, it's the end of civilization. Okay? It's the end. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? If we fought World War II that way, now I'm not, you know, not that they would, not that Hamas-like people were, uh, I mean, the Nazis were the Nazis, but I'm just saying it was a, wasn't a ter guerrilla terrorist groups. But what I'm saying is if we dared not in our quest to do what's right and, and, and save our, our own self-defense, if we didn't bomb cities where civilians were killed, if we didn't uh, bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki, who knows where we'd be right now? I, I wouldn't be here. Maybe some of you say that's good, but you can't have a world like that. You can't have a world like that. The, let's see. So the terrorists attack civilians, target civilians, lob rockets indiscriminately at civilians, slaughter, cut the throat, burn alive, kidnap civilians. But you can't retaliate because they place their leadership, their weapons, their everything among civilians. Oh, hey. If you're the terrorist, that's a winning formula, baby. And obviously Netanyahu said that can't be the formula for anyone in the world. Anyone. And Joe Biden, uh, you know, it, I guess he's trying to win votes in Michigan. I don't know. He's old. It doesn't matter. Barack Obama never had use for Netanyahu, never had use for Israel, was a Muslim Brotherhood guy, and you know, begged Iran to meet with him, the Yayatollah, meet with me, you know, have breakfast with me, sit down with me, and then gave him all, you know, released funds and the, the, uh, the nuclear deal and the whole thing, and Israel's the bad guy. So this is Obama running the government, in my view, and this is what we're getting. This is what we're getting. Israel, uh, the U.S. is going to declare a Palestinian state along with some European countries, and it's going to mean nothing, nothing. Because the Palestinian Authority is going to run it. The authority that, and it's indisputable, the EU knows it, the Congress knows it, they've passed bills on it, they've passed referendums on it. They pay their people to kill Jews. They reward them for killing Jews. How do you have them in the government? And I don't know, you know, and the United States, Blinken and the rest of them, and Biden and Obama, that's what they want.
then they'll go ahead, but it's not going to get anywhere. Okay, now, um, before we uh, go to break, the attacks on Trump are just, they get better and better, okay? Worse and worse, better and better. You, you, you have to decide. So here we have, here we have, um, I believe the first one is, um, yeah, the first one is on, um, on CNN, uh, Maria Cardona, big radical leftist, talking about how Trump would, he loves Putin because he, Trump, would love to murder his enemies, his foes. Here's cut 224. Not just that Donald Trump is afraid to stand up to Putin, but that he admires Putin. And let's remember, during the whole arguments of presidential immunity, Donald Trump had his legal team argue that the president of the United States could have SEAL Team 6 go after and take out his political opponent and, and the president would have political immunity. Who's to say that that did not inspire Vladimir Putin to, at this moment in time, kill his most ardent opponent because he says one of the most powerful politicians in the United States of America is not going to say anything against this. In fact, he's going to admire me for it. And who's to say that in secret, or maybe not so in secret, when this happened, Donald Trump didn't say, you go, bro. I wish I could do that here. And we need to do everything in our power to make sure that he does not get, Donald Trump does not get anywhere near the Oval Office because it has everything to do with the future of our democracy as well. Remember these words, everything in our power. Everything in our power. I pray that it's only limited to charging him with crimes, putting him on trial, you know, trying to obstruct the, his, his, uh, his ability to run as a candidate, you know, that locking him up, that kind of thing. I pray that that's what they're talking about when they say that, because she's not alone in saying that. Lots of them have. One more before we go to break and then welcome in our guest, Sam Sorbo. Uh, this is uh, uh, on Fox. Uh, Harris Faulkner plays a clip of Bob Costas, sportscaster Bob Costas, talking about Trump and his followers. And then Brian Kilmeade of Fox weighs in on it. Uh, this is, you know, it, gets, it just gets better and better and better. Here's 294. He is by far the most disgraceful figure in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since 2016 and since 2020. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in a toxic cult to believe that Donald Trump has ever been in any sense emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, or ethically fit to be president. Brian. I know Bob Costas. I know how bright he is. Best sport. When, by the time he was 34, he was the best sportscaster in the country doing all the biggest events ever. I know that's exactly how he feels. But I think it's so, it's so shallow of him to think that you can have your feelings and put down 74 million people mm. along the way. If people if you, who are supported, especially him coming from a place where people support their teams and their players and their boxers and, and their athletes and people are, are loyal. There are people loyal to him for reasons they should be respected for. Yeah, I mean, that was unhinged by Costas. And, you know, it, it takes me way back. I don't remember the year. I think I, when I started in sports uh, at WABC, I, I think I went to 10 or 11 Super Bowls, okay? 
and I was at a Super Bowl, and I, I remember I was speaking to, uh, to, to Tom Dempsey. I asked a question to Tom Dempsey, the place kicker. And Tom Dempsey kind of had, um, from what I recall, kind of like a, a foot issue, like a half a foot kind of thing. And I don't remember what I asked. I don't remember how I asked it, but I'll say this, and this is in the 80s. Bob Costas comes up to me after and says, you know, that uh, that was an insensitive question because Tom Dempsey has the, the foot, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I'm a kid. And there's Bob Costas saying this to me. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, like, but that's who he is. That's who he is. I wish I could remember what the hell I said, uh, but I can't. Anyway, uh, actress and author and activist and you name it, who's doing such great work. Sam Sorbo will join us on the other side. I'm Steve Malzberg right here on TNT. TNT's James Freeman. Firstly, farming unions in Wales supported a vote to remain in the EU. And secondly, there is no evidence that farmers voted en masse for Brexit. There are no polls or other evidence to prove this. And thirdly, it is a very odd statement to make because what Drakeford is, well, at the face of it, what he's saying to farmers is that I now have the power to restrict your farms in Wales because you voted for Brexit. A very odd thing to say. James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, my eye was caught by uh, a story um, just uh, the other day, and it was about a bill. I believe it was in uh, Tennessee. You know, Tennessee, they, they know what to do, okay? They know what to do when it comes to issues like this. The House passed a bill that would ban, to a great extent, LGBTQ flags in public school classrooms. Now, I have a question. Um you know, and it's not the first time it, that this has hit me or I've seen it or we've talked about it. But what the heck is an LGBT flag doing in a classroom in the first place? Um, I mean, do they sing the Black National Anthem in there, too? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just it just doesn't stop. And that's the state of our education. It's so bad. It's so out of hand. It's gotten so outrageous in such a short amount of time. And joining us now to talk about that and more is... Um, Sam Sorbo, actress, education, freedom advocate, expert on home learning, and the author of The Playbook for Home Learning, the host of The Sam Sorbo Show. 
uh, the wife of Kevin Sorbo, who was on with us a couple of weeks ago. Sam, welcome back. Great to talk to you. Hey, and thanks for not leading with the wife of Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I'm know, kidding. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> I, no, no, but I don't even know if I said that in the past, but I did see it on um, something official of yours, I think on your Twitter at the end. So I figured I, I would mention it. I mean, it's only common. Yeah, sense. wife People of Hercules, know. man. Yes. Well, yeah. That's my claim to but, fame. <laughs> no. Uh, you, what you, is you, that you, doing you, in the classroom? You ask a very good oh question, but I'll tell oh. you, you know, you, you call it the state of our education. It's actually just the state of our schools. The state of our education is in the crapper because right. they're not accomplishing education in our schools. And so uh, it's it's a fallacy to think that you'll send your child into uh, into any government school and that they will be educated. Yeah, no. It, well, look at look at the uh, the grades and and the you know the reports. Kids can't read. Uh, 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 standards have dropped. Tests are going away. Standardized tests are going away because nobody's passing them. I mean, uh, and right. again, and so so what <laughs> to what do you attribute the decline? The 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 tremendous decline that has occurred steadily over the over the years. So there are there are two things at play. One is uh, just a a lack of interest in in pursuing education and in pursuing intellectual honesty, um, and the other, of course, is the infiltration by the communists in our system of education from top to bottom. They started at the top. They started with the teaching colleges, and but it has always been their plan to put pornography in the schools. They've succeeded in doing that. To unionize, to to capture the unions, the teachers' unions. They've succeeded in doing that, and to um, to derail the family. And uh, they've succeeded in doing that. And they've used the schools to accomplish all of that and more. And uh, I will give you uh, Exhibit A, Senor Bob Costas. <laughs> who is a prime example of the product of our schools. Uh, and there are plenty of others, Joy Reid being another one. Oh, God. Um, and so, so, and we can go on and on. These people are not educated. They are indoctrinated with lies and they think they are so right. And the product of the school is now to the point where people do not want to have their thoughts challenged. This is a person who cannot grow, who cannot learn. Their learning has been effectively turned off so that they will only trust an expert and believe that to be the truth all the way to their graves if necessary. Uh, and that's that's what we're seeing. And unfortunately, we just lived through an entire you know pandemic where the majority, a, a majority, uh, more than say 50% of the population trusted the experts, even though the experts had no evidence. So Bob Costas is considered an expert. He's an expert in sports. I don't know where he gets off weighing in on <laughs> politics. He's not an expert in politics, demonstrably so. And so, but he comes off and he gives his, his political opinion about the duly elected president of the United States who was elected with a wide margin initially. And frankly, there's some doubt as to whether he was elected a second time, uh, but we don't need to debate that. But Bob Costas feels like he, he, and nobody should challenge him, by the way. Right. And that's right. where we are. So when, when nobody can challenge Fauci, who is science, right, then we get vaccines that are ineffective. 
right? And and we then get- we have to defend vaccines and boosters and more boosters and adverse effects or deny them, right? So then we're denying truth. So it's completely off the rails. And this is all, I lay this all, all of it at the feet of our schools. Yeah, and 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 you see it in every aspect of our lives. I mean, right. you now, you, from what I read, because my my son is too old for this now. But you bring your kid to the pediatrician, and they they don't want you in the office with them in the in the room. And then they ask them, you know, uh, if it's a boy, are you what sex do? You, either way, what sex okay. do you consider yourself? Go ahead. I yeah. gotta I gotta jump in here, parents. Yeah. If you go to a doctor and oh, he stay. says, stay. Yeah. What? I was going to say stay in the room, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't, no, no, no. Take your child and leave. If the doctor says to your child, uh, we can talk outside your parent, you do not leave that child with that doctor. You don't know that doctor just because he's got some letters after his name. Absolutely Absolutely. not. No, no, but go find another doctor. These doctors should not be in business if they are doing that to families. Anything that separates the family is a detriment to the United States of America because the family is our strongest governmental unit. Without a doubt. Strongest, and, and, right? and I brought that, sure, and I brought that up, Sam, because that's just one example. That's the medical profession. It's the right. same in law. It's the same in every aspect of our lives is now completely demented and, and unrecognizable from what <laughs> from what it used to be. So let, let me ask you a, a, a question uh, with your book, and we'll talk more about the book specifically uh, uh, before we go. But um, the, the homeschooling, how do you assure uh, parents that, for instance, Dr. Phil was on uh, The View uh, the other day, and we got some clips coming up later in the show f- from that. He was talking about our kids, and he was talking about one of the things was was COVID and how it, our kids were irreparably, uh, irreparably harmed uh, by staying home from school. Now, again, you're no fan of the school system, but <laughs> yeah. again, they 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 closed the teachers unions you know made them close the schools etc so where do you fall on on that how much damage do you believe was done from keeping the kids home but yet at the same time you're an advocate for homeschooling yeah well okay so i was deeply conflicted during that time right and and frankly i found myself on the side of the unions wanting to close the schools uh that was weird right yeah (laughs) some strange bedfellows um I think that children were irreparably harmed because they were denied their their normal existence. I think that was a terrible, terrible thing. And there was very little done to facilitate them um, uh, e- easily adopting new uh, new paradigms. Right. So they and they by the way, they were scared. They were purposely frightened for no reason because it did not affect children. So shame on them all for making a bigger deal out of COVID than it was for the younger population. Um, Frankly, you know, Sweden never shut down, never did any of these measures and they survived just fine. So there's egg on the faces of everyone who was involved in that. Um, At the same time, homeschooling has doubled 
And even though some people went back to school because uh, their experience of, quote, homeschooling, which it really wasn't homeschooling, but their experience of what they then thought would be homeschooling was so abysmal, they put their kids back in school. There were still plenty of people who left the schools anyway because they saw what was happening. We we got a little bit of transparency as to what's going on in our schools. And there were people who then pulled their kids out of school. And that and that is a that's a huge bonus. So net gain for homeschooling. Uh, but I do think a net, a, a net loss for many children, there were a lot of um, children struggling now with anxiety and depression and the after the aftermath. I know, I know specifically of stories of young people who couldn't hack it and they took their own lives because of what was done to them, particularly seniors in high school, juniors yeah. in high school um, and children, uh, young people who were in colleges who were denied just the just the ability to socialize. And, yeah. you know, I'm not big on, oh, what about socialization? I think that's a ridiculous, um, a, a ridiculous uh, string to pull when we are supposed to be talking about education. But at the same time, when uh, I'm not saying that school is a great place to socialize, I'm saying that children who have grown up in an environment where they have uh, access to a bunch of children all day long, every day, and then all of a sudden they're just cut off. That's, That's like cruel good. and unusual. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, a terrible very thing. So. It, it's a terrible thing what they did. And this will go down in history as being one of the most egregious things that, that, a, that a nation has done against healthy children, what they've done to them. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. We're talking to Sam Sorbo here on the Steve Malsberg Show. Okay, so when you go around the country and you talk to parents and you speak, um, how do you sell them on homeschooling? What 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 are the what are the um, uh, the I mean the advantages? But how do you convince parents that they need to make sacrifices, if at all possible, to to do this? Oh, you know what? You bring up a really good point. I love talking about sacrifice because you we believe that sacrifice is giving up of something, right? Right. And that's what we're taught in school, but that's not the truth because nobody sacrifices anything if they don't get something in return. The sacrifice actually represents an exchange. And typically, if you play your cards right, you sacrifice something to get something better. So convincing people to sacrifice anything to get a better thing, which would be the relationship with their child, it shouldn't be that hard to do. And, uh, you know, I sacrificed my career for my marriage. I sacrificed, again, my career for my children. And it was a really good trade. So uh, I'm just living proof because my relationship with my children, and I brag about this, uh, when my kids were teenagers, each one of them would come to my room at night just to chat. Wow. How many teenagers do you know yeah. who do that with their parents? Right. And, no, that's and I mean, honestly, like I was in bed with my computer and I'd have to like put my computer off to the side and <laughs> mentally go, dang, it's going to be a later night for me. But I would never trade that. I would never trade sure. the relationship for sure. some work that I would have to get done. And so sure. there, there are a lot of benefits to home education. What I find that I have to battle against is what people think they think they think they know they're, what they're talking about when they say the word homeschool, and they don't. And well, that's then, the then, biggest battle. 
then educate us uh, to a degree. And again, uh, tell us uh, from the playbook for home learning, what, yeah. what is homeschooling then? I mean, is it not, I, 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 oh, in my mind, it's, you got to teach your kid what he would normally be learning in school and you better start yeah. getting the lesson plans and all that. So if I, I'm wrong, yeah. right? Unfortunately, I okay, hate to good. correct the host. But no, nah, yeah. I <laughs> love being wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> so, the, so the point with home learning, here's the thing. Start from the beginning. Children are intrinsically curious. The first thing they learn to do in school is to sit down and shut up and stop asking questions. And so, so school actually is the opposite of education. And there are a lot of different ways to back that up, but we can just start there. If you'll take that on face value, then we go to, so what is learning? Well, school teaches us that learning's hard. School teaches us teaching's hard. School teaches us that parenting's hard. Those are lies. Parenting is not hard. Teaching is not hard. And learning is not hard. Learning is immensely enjoyable. We all love to learn new things. And we all did love to learn new things until we got to school. And we learned <laughs> from school, oh, no, that's hard. And so if you keep your children out of that environment and you teach them how to learn, then you've empowered them to learn anything at any time for the rest of their lives. Then all you have to do is motivate them a little bit. You actually don't even need to motivate them because they're motivated to learn. You need to keep, you need to put some guardrails on so that they are learning the things that they should be learning and you set them free. And the, 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 the joy is all the answers are in the textbooks. So if you want your child to study math, get him a good math book and teach him how to read it. And then he can teach himself all the math that he needs. And you don't need to be the teacher because here's the, the, the biggest sort of secret is you're not the teacher. The child teaches himself just like you taught yourself how to do radio. Let's say, right. You're doing radio. Who taught you how to do radio, Steve? How'd you learn how to do that? Is your degree in radio? Actually, TV and radio, but um, I, I taught myself because I grew up listening to it as a kid, talk radio day and night. Okay. I was an addict, yeah. And but you went on a, and you got your degree. Good for you. Right. But you do well, other things that you don't have a degree in. Sure, 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 sure. No, and, and I didn't. Sure. I, I brought up the degree because I did have one, but I was working yeah. in radio before I got the degree. So your, your point right. is, is accurate and well taken, yeah. Right. And, and everybody listening to this can then impeach their own education and ask themselves, okay, what of my education am I learning and what am I using and what am I using that I just taught myself? And I mean, and those are important questions because we're relying on our schools to empower our children for the next, you know, decades. And they're not, they're definitely not doing that. They're, they're training our kids for jobs that existed in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, thank goodness that there is a voice out there, your voice. And uh, it's so important. I mean, now more than ever, because you, you really... You, re you really need to think twice if your child is in, in, in the public school system, even in, in, in some private schools, from what you see and hear, what's going on Sadly. in there. You, real, you really need to take control of your child's life and what they're being taught, what they're being told. And, and you know, we live in a world where if your kid, if a kid tells the teacher and tells the principal and tells other kids, hey, I'm going to use the other bathroom because I think I'm the other sex or I want to be the other sex. That if the, if, if the parent finds out from someone in the school, someone will be prosecuted because it's against the law to tell the parent. That's how 
insane yes. it has become. I mean, that's right. insane. And so to protect your child and to protect your children, you need to not subject them to that insanity, right. frankly, full stop. And that's why I that's why I wrote the playbook for home learning. It's basically a guidebook for parents. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about homeschool. Just right. so you're clear, the burden is not really on you. And that's the joy of it. And I make it so easy for the parents so that once they once. So the book is actually a series of 15 videos because it's basically a crash course in home education. And then once you do the book, you go, oh, well, that I can do. Right. right and right. so it makes it really easy for the parents because it shouldn't be the burden that we think that it is. But the only reason, Steve, that we think that it's this burden is because that's job security for the schools. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that we sad? Don't, we don't know. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta be educated ourselves to find out what it really is, and that's what the book, the playbook for home learning, does. Um, SamSorbo.com, and everybody could find out that, about that book and every other book and everything, uh, everything Sam Sorbo. Yes, and I'm starting a new show on Monday on Patriot.tv, so I'll be on the air every day for an hour at 7 p.m. Eastern. Excellent. Okay, Patriot TV. All right, very good to know. Sam, always appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and uh, God bless you and your wonderful family, and we'll speak again. It's a blessing to see you. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Sam Sorbo, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we have one final segment left in the hour, and uh, so don't go away. Steve Malzberg right here on TNT. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online, social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. One, check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. Two, think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. Three, it's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. You're listening to The Steve Malsberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. That you are. And um, I hope you enjoyed the interview. She's really an amazing lady. I love the way she... Uh, she called herself Mrs. Hercules because <laughs> Kevin Sorbo, of course, was famously Hercules. I get a kick out of Kevin Sorbo being on Two and a Half Men for uh, 
one, maybe two episodes, because um, I, I watched all the reruns over and over again. I have always have things on in the background. Um, and late at night, that's one of the things I have on in the background. So um, whenever he shows up, I say, oh, there's Kevin. Anyway, um, folks, if you like what we do, if you love the interview, if you love this show, if you hate this show, if you listen to and watch all the other shows or some of the other shows here on TNT, you got 24 hours a day, seven days a week to choose from shows. Whenever you tune in, TV, radio, we're here. Nobody else could say that. And we have hosts all over the world, as I've told you in the past. And we have done all this. The, the network is two and a half years old. Two and a half years old. You know, most people, to most, most places in two and a half years, are deciding, okay, what, what painting do we put on in the, uh, in the, uh, the office of the guy in charge? It, it, so much has been done. We have such a great staff and such great hosts and all that. And um, the problem with our media, as I try to document here every single night, is that they lie. And you have sponsors who advertise on those, those platforms and outlets, and they don't care. In some cases, that's what they want. So here at TNT, uh, while we continue to be careful about who is financing us, we ask that you uh, pick up the slack for a little while while we are in the process and uh, do what you could do. Make a contribution as much as you can, even if it's small, anything helps. And you do that by going to TNTradio.live, TNTradio.live, support what you see and hear here every day, 24-7, seven days a week. Well, I said that. 24-7 uh, from all over the world, um, like nowhere else. TNTradio.live and give what you can. Okay, folks. Now I mentioned Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil was on The View a couple of days ago, I guess, today. Yeah, yesterday maybe or whatever. Anyway, um, they didn't like what he had to say, really. Um, first he talked about, first he talked about, um, the border and what it means for kids. And I want you to watch and listen. This is cut 302. I talked to the head of all the border guards down there, the, the head of the union. I asked him straight up, kids are coming over the border with numbers written on them, phone numbers and addresses. Mm -hmm. Do we check those out? He said, well, we call them. Is it possible that we're sending them into known prostitution rings or sweatshops. He said, it's not possible, it is absolute. We are using American tax dollars to ship children into known prostitution All and sweatshops. All children some children? Well, who knows? Okay. We don't know. All children or some children. What kind of stupid question is that? Yeah, every single child that comes across the border is going to a sweatshop. Like he said, who knows? All children or some children? Does it matter? Sonny? What an idiot. I mean, I'm just, just what an idiot. What if he said some? She'd say, oh, well, then that's okay. I mean, what kind of question is that? And how would he know? Okay, uh, cut 303. So what kind of checking do they do? So They, they call the say, number uh -huh, and, and say, do you know about this child? They say, yes. Will you receive them when they come? Yes. I said, is it possible that that's a prostitution ring? He said, we, ha we know enough to know that it, in a number of cases, it has turned out to be absolute sex ring. It has turned out to be an absolute sweatshop. I said, how is this possible? Well, what do they and he do said, then? it is happening. What do they do then if they know that that's happening? 
Where is the U.S. Attorney's Office? Where is the... Here's the... Damn here's good the question, you have it? to You have to no. re-ask that question when we come okay. back. Yeah. She's always the one to, uh, to change the subject with a break. I'm not saying it wasn't planned, but um, nonetheless, Whoopi seems to always be in that position. Now, um, here's where he makes some uh, noise that they don't like on The View. Of course, they didn't love that because, Biden, you know, the border is the border and it's under Biden. Uh, and you could try to blame that on Republicans, which is insanity. But here, um, this is different. This is COVID. This is what I kind of mentioned with uh, Sam Sorbo. And this is uh, cut number 309. In like 08, 09, smartphones came on and and kids started, they stopped living their lives and started watching people live their lives. Mm. And so we saw the biggest spike and the highest levels of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidality since records have ever been kept. Mm. And it's just continued on and on and on. And then mm -hmm. COVID hits 10 years later, and the same agencies that knew that are the agencies that shut down the schools for two years. Who does that? Who takes away the support system for these children? Who takes them away and shuts it down? And by the way, when they shut it down, they stopped the mandated reporters from being able to see children that were being abused and sexually molested, and in fact sent them home and abandoned them to their abusers with no way to watch, and referrals dropped 50 to 60%. Well, that is a pretty ominous picture, is it not? And there's really no disputing the statistics and the facts that he's talking about. And who would do that? The left, the teachers' unions, um, and, 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 and Fauci and the rest of them. And that didn't sit well. This all didn't sit well with uh, Ms. Whoopi. Uh, here is uh, Cut 310. They were trying to save they kids' lives. They were trying lives, to save so kids' well. lives. Remember, we know a lot of folks who died during this so it wasn't people weren't laying Not around eating bond, but well you know what we're lucky maybe we're lucky they didn't because we kept them out of the 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 places that they could be sick because no one wanted to believe we had an issue are you saying no school children died of covid i'm saying it was the safest group they were the less vulnerable group and they suffered and will suffer more from the mismanagement of COVID than they will from the exposure to COVID. And that's not an opinion, that's a fact. Well, Phil, we don't even have time to talk it out. Yeah, whoopee again, has to say goodbye. <laughs> how convenient. Um, let me just say, let me just say, you could tell how unhappy Whoopi was in the left. Are you saying no kid died of COVID? I went on and looked after the fact, after I saw this uh, last night when I was alerted to this uh, story and this video, and I'm glad I was, thank you. Um, and um, I think it was one out of every 100,000 kids from, from birth to 18 years old. So from zero to 18 years old, or however it's the, the left end, the, the, the bottom end was, from birth to 18, one in 100,000 of that age group uh, got sick with COVID, okay, and died of COVID. That's a, it's too, one is too many, but that's not a reason to shut the schools. All right, folks, thank you. Tomorrow, God willing, 9 o'clock, same time, same place, 9 p.m. Eastern, 
Uh, Congressman uh, Andy Ogles from Tennessee will be here. A lot going on in Washington. We'll talk about it right here on TNT.